for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. How is everybody doing tonight? Man. Amen. <laughs> no pressure at all. It's like Bible school all over again. <laughs> well, cool, guys. Hey, what a great time in worship. I, I have a few things that I just want to share with you. Uh, it's going to be good. You know, we're talking, you know, singing about hearing God's voice, knowing God's voice. And, you know, we, we say, you know, we hear your voice, God, we want to follow. But the thing is, do we really know God's voice? Seems like this seems to be like a re- reoccurring. Th- this platform's interesting, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'll try to stay here. Uh, <laughs> probably, maybe. I doubt it. Uh, but do we really know God's voice? And the thing is, I don't think we really do know God's voice the way we think we know God's voice. And I want to hit on a few things. I was reading. Uh, I have, have some new revelation of a few things that I want to share, and it's going to take a little bit of explaining, but you guys will get it. It's going to be good. Turn, turn with me over to uh, Hebrews 3, in verse 7. So this says, uh, this is why the Holy Spirit says, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry at them and I said, their hearts are always, or their hearts always turn from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath they'll never enter my place of rest. Uh, I'm going to read for a little bit. So just bear with this. I want to jump over to uh, verse 16. And who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt and who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Let's see. There's two chapters I just wanted to go. We're just going to jump through a few things. Chapter 4, verse 2. It says, uh, just, uh, but it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God, for only we who believe can enter his rest. So we, we're talking about a lot of rest. I'm going to keep jumping down because I don't want to read forever. You guys can read this whole chapter. I'm just going to give you guys the uh, gist of it. Uh, moved on down to verse 14. So then, this is 4.14. So then, since we have a high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Now you might be thinking, now what the heck does this have to do with hearing God's voice? I'm going to explain a few things. We're going to go on a little bit of a rabbit trail. This is going to be fun. So, how many of you guys like rabbit trails? I don't have any notes in front of me, okay? And I go on rabbit trails when I don't. So you guys are going to have a blast. No. We're going to have a fun time. I want to emphasize this, uh, this, this verse, uh, 4.15. I want to read this again. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. What kind of testings did Jesus face that we all face? Like, if you really think about it, like, what exactly was the testings? Because if you think about Jesus, it's like, you know, was, was there testings of adultery, of stealing, of, of lying, of all these different things? What was it exactly that we faced, that Jesus faced? And so, if you look over... I'll have you guys turn there. I believe it's. I want to find it for you. Hold on. That's not it. Turn with me to Luke chapter 3. Actually, you can go to chapter 4. 
So the same testings that Jesus faced that we faced. Here it is. You don't have to turn here, but I'll just read it. In chapter 3, verse 22, it says, And the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. So it goes on listing a bunch of ancestors of Jesus. And then in chapter 4, it says that, uh, basically, this is the temptation of Jesus. Uh, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 years. Jesus ate nothing at all that time and became very hungry. Huh? 40 years. (laughs) Didn't eat for 40 years. You try going on that fast. (laughs) Tell me how it is after day, or tell me how it is after four hours. Uh, (laughs) Then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, turn the stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told them, no, the scripture says people do not live by bread alone. The next thing, the devil took him up, revealed all the kingdom of the world. Uh, He says, if you, let's see, I'll give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them because they are mine to give anyone I please. Basically, if you just bow down and worship me, Jesus says, obviously, no. And then the next one, it says, if you're the son of God, jump off, because he took him off to this highest point of the temple. He says, jump off. So what was Jesus, actually, before, I don't know if I even want to get there yet. So Jesus' temptings, the testings that he dealt with, the same thing that we deal with, if you notice... He was just baptized, and what did God, what happened? It says, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Then he goes into the wilderness, and here's the devil saying, if you are the son of God. Would it have been a sin for Jesus to turn a loaf, or a stone into a loaf of bread? Like, is that a sin? No. Would it be him jumping off the highest temple? No, uh, you know, that was, you know, to have that happen, that was not it. You can see that the enemy, the devil, was trying to deceive Jesus the same way that he deceived Adam and Eve of saying, of basically deception, you were just told something by God, which was, you are my son, <laughs> and you bring me great joy. He was just told that. And now here he goes into this thing. And now the devil's saying, if you are trying to get Jesus to prove something, trying to get Jesus to think about what God just said, like, is that true? Like, maybe I should prove him wrong. But wait a minute, God just said I am. What, why do I have to prove this? Good. Let's go back over to, to Hebrews, where we just left. Should have told you to stay there. So back, I want to read, read part of this. Back in 3.7. We're going to read this a little bit slower. Now we have this little bit of an understanding. Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. As Israel did when they rebelled. When they tested me in the wilderness. What would be hardening your hearts? As what the uh, people of Israel did? They didn't obey God's voice, right? So reading through this, they go down here. Let's see. They refuse. I'll just have a few highlights. They refuse to do what I tell them, and they will never enter my place of rest. If you read this whole entire chapter, you will see that all it is, there's a ton of it of talking about unbelief, people who are believing and people who are not believing. And obviously a place of rest. Now, I ask myself, what is this place of rest that we're talking about? What, what, exactly, what exactly is this? Uh, here's the thing. When I, was reading, when I was reading through this, there was a lot of stuff jumping out at me. And Let's see how I want to tie this in. Thank God for uh, believers' meetings. 
Yeah. Yeah, so I want to try to make this all make sense, obviously, because it's, it's, it's huge. Uh, here's, here's what I'm trying to get. Is that it's saying that Jesus understands our weaknesses because he faced the same things. And then it goes in the saying, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we'll receive his mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. And my revelation of, of this whole thing was I used to always read that verse that let us come boldly as a, uh, you know, obviously the curtain was, t- you know, the veil was torn and, you know, we're now able to go boldly before God. I was used to always make that, you know, thing of that just towards worship. And what I'm reading here is that here you have is the people of Israel who are basically hearing from God and they're not knowing what to do with what they're being told. Me, or not knowing what to do. They, it's either are we going to believe God or we're not going to believe God. I mean, man, they're in the desert for 40 years. And here God is saying they saw my miracles happen, but yet they kept on. <laughs> they wouldn't believe, right? And so I'm read, I was reading this, and what jumped out was that my weaknesses, all of our weaknesses, the same things that Jesus dealt with, is basically, what did God tell you? What did he speak to you personally? And what did he tell you in here? Right? Because the, the test, same testings that Jesus went was, obviously God spoke something to him, but the things that we're being tested with are when you go to a doctor and he tells you you have two months to live. You can go to God's word, and you can believe the things he said, or you cannot. Because when we believe the thing that God has told us, that's the rest that we enter into, right? It's saying, I don't care what man has said or what's going on with the circumstances in life. I have unbelief, and I have belief. It's the same thing as having life and death. Which one are we going to choose? Rest is not on the unbelief side. The unbelief side is worry, it's fear, not knowing what's going to happen. And on the belief side, it's us not being in the desert, the wilderness for 40 years. (laughs) Okay, And sometimes in most cases of us, like I was saying, you have two months to live. Literally life or death, one side. Which one are we going to believe? You know? It doesn't take any more effort, essentially, to believe the unbelief or the belief. So why not believe the belief, right? It doesn't. Uh, so I guess, I guess with that is, what is God saying to you? What has he told you? And at the same time, what's going on in life uh, that you need to go back to this word? And here's, here's the thing where most of us get at, and th- this, is the, this is the revelation that I had, was that my testings in life of, of things coming at me, the same testings Jesus had, is what most of us fail to do, or the way we don't see this clearly on, is that when we go boldly to the throne, during, we need to go boldly to the throne during times of testing. I hope I'm making this clear. Uh, Here's the thing. A lot of us try to do things by ourselves. And I'm I'm guilty of that, like way guilty. (laughs) Uh, of, Of something going on. And more of like, I have the word. I'm gonna speak it. And... There's been times where I've spoken things and, and I've done all that I know and for some reason I was not seeing results. Does that mean that God's word isn't true? No. The thing that I realize now, what this verse says is that when God, oh gosh, 
when things are coming at us, when we're being tested, or with just whatever you can call it, the one thing that we lack is the coming boldly. And we don't realize it of saying that doctor says that. Instead, it's like, I rebuke this in Jesus' name. Brother, pray with me. Blah, 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 this and that. Everything's good to go. We leave God out of the equation. I think that what that's saying is not necessarily for us to be just, a, you know, like all sissy and everything. of like any situations coming at us of like always running to daddy. But it's more just like trying to do something. I've done all that I can do. Dad, help. Running. Boldly. Dad, <laughs> I need help. <laughs> like, I can't do this on my own. What am I doing wrong? What do I need to do? What's not clicking? That's where most of us fail to do. And it's either through a pride thing or just lack of knowledge of, of us knowing that we need to do that. Think of, think of a kid. Like, it's a childlike faith of us going to God in times of our, when we're facing situations. And it's there we will receive his mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. So that's, I'm just, I'm, I'm telling you, like, what's amazing is that we can actually do that. Of, you know, I, obviously I was saying it looks like it's a different look on that scripture. That, we now, us, like they couldn't do that back in the day, like back in the Old, Old Testament. They, you know, Jesus, they had to have a high priest that once a year could go to that place. And what Jesus did, basically he made that where he is our eternal high priest, and now that's all available to us. So we should have no shame or guilt or anything like that going to, a, going to dad <laughs> in situations like that. And, and, and personally, I'm telling you, it's just like it's those times, again, of where I'm saying I'm guilty of this. It's the times when I have, have done that, of, of going to God, that's when I've seen big changes happen. That's when I hear his voice. Of two, two, two things that, uh, in my life that I can recall of doing that exact same thing. Of, it's like I've tried everything I know. What do I do? <laughs> and it's going to God boldly, yes. Going to God, going to that throne room boldly, unashamed. Unashamed to be like having to go ask for help. I mean, if you have like a little kid or whatever, they always come up, how do I do, you know, how do I do this or whatever? Go to God like a kid would. Amen? And uh, Yeah, I'm just saying, and, and, and even along those lines, make sure, this might sound funny, make sure you're asking the right questions. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's just like, you know, if, I, if I don't get an answer, it's more like, ask a different question. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know, Sim's like, mm, that's, not a, you know, that's not a good question. <laughs> but it's, it's obviously, it's not this. Obviously, it's not saying, God, why are you? It's not, it's not him doing anything. Obviously, I'm talking a lot with testings and trials and stuff. Obviously, it's not God. God's a good God. It's, it's, everything good comes from the Father. There's nothing with life. So don't approach God saying, why are you doing this to me? What I can tell you with stuff that has worked for me is saying, God, what's not clicking? You know, it's, it's the, the, the humble heart of saying, I don't know everything, obviously. <laughs> What's not working? What am I not doing right? Not from a work standpoint. What am I not doing to make this work? Meaning like, is there something in my life or something of a belief or anything that's hindering it? What's wrong? And it's asking God those right questions when you immediately get an answer. I had two things I can recall. One time I was asking God that I was dealing with stuff for the longest time. It's probably like six, nine months Horrible. Literally, I could have died. I'm, I'm being for real. And I said, I'm not going to the hospital. I'm not doing this. I'm doing everything I can to use my faith and to believe what I believe. And I went to God and I asked him. 
And I actually, I actually haven't even Pastor PJ. I called Pastor PJ one night because literally, I was like, I literally felt like I was going to die. <laughs> like, uh, and he came over. I couldn't even talk to him. Okay, he left, and I couldn't even, couldn't even speak. And I asked God. I said, God, what is not working? And I got an immediate thing. Immediate. You can call it. A, we're talking about hearing God's voice. God, it was an immediate, like. I can't even explain it. It's, <laughs> it's something just dropped in. It's just like fast. It's like, what does that have to do with what I'm dealing with? I don't know. But at that point, like in here, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. I could have hardened my heart and said, that makes no logical sense. That was just me. Right? And I could have never entered a place of rest. I could have either died that night, or I could have chosen life. So the thing that I did, it was 10.30 that night, I said, last time I ate was like 8 o'clock, that was the last meal, I'm not eating for the next three days, or whenever God tells me I can eat, or until I get that check, it's like, I can now eat. I did that, and have been set free from that thing, that was probably five, six, five years ago or something. From that point, there was nothing that went on. There was no medication. There was no doctor. There was no telling people. It was that word that I got of fast. Where in the Bible can I see, you know, dealing with this or whatever, fast? Right? Is it really there? No. It was hearing God's voice. And by having that, of, like I said, of obeying or disobeying, you have rest on one side, and the other side, you can be miserable. Same exact thing of another one. God told me one time, I was dealing with something. He said, <laughs> it was that same exact voice of just like, that thought just, or the thing in my heart, mind, whatever you want to call it, was buy yogurt and eat it. <laughs> and again, it's one of those things where it's just like, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard that cannot be God. Again, I've tried everything I can do <laughs> I can either believe this word that might seem totally out of this world. Well, actually, it was out of this world. <laughs> but th th this, this, this thing, or I cannot, again, having life and death, they're on both sides. I was in the grocery store. I walked past them, kept on walking, buy a yogurt. And I'm like, I stopped. I literally backed up. Like, which one do I want? Picked it out. Got home. Opened it up. I ate it. And set free. From then, is there special power in yogurt? No. <laughs> why was it a yogurt? I don't know why. It was just hearing that small voice and acting on it. And so when I was saying as far as like, I think, actually I don't think, we hear God's voice way more often than we think we hear God's voice. I was just telling my wife I had it today with... <laughs> which I thought was just hilarious. And it's just like, I told, literally, I told my wife this today. I'm all, I think God speaks to me more often than what I realize. <laughs> and she's like, she just through text messages, and she's like, he sure does. I'm like, you're not supposed to agree with that. You're supposed to be like, you're awesome, babe. You know, <laughs> you got this all in control. But it's not, like, even just this morning, it was just like, man, I haven't touched base with this friend of mine for a while. I was like, I, I should text him, see how everything's going, because I haven't talked to him in a while. And, and I'm just thinking it's me. And sometimes we do, but it's just like, that was just random, just getting ready. It's like, I need to call this guy, text him. And then like one or 12 o'clock, I'm sitting there working, and then on my phone, it's ringing. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. It's the same person. I haven't talked to him in a while. It's just like, what's up? And it's just like, what, is there something there? I don't know. Is that, you know, do you call it coincidence? I, no. <laughs> So personally, I'm just saying, like, checking for those voices. Sometimes when you think that it might just be you, it just might be God. Amen. And so if you're dealing with stuff in your life, ask those right questions. Because you want to, you want to get, obviously, that answer. But obviously, when you get that answer, man, if it seems weird or something, just do it. <laughs> Because, like, what else do you have to lose? I mean, depending on what it is, you might look weird, depending on what it is. So, yeah.
And I, I, I think of, uh, just, just with God's voice, I, I think it's so critical that we really know his voice uh, in this time that we're in. And this lately just in prayer and through, through this praying, it's just like, man, it's just like there, there is something coming. And I don't know what it is, but it makes me think of all of us and how critical it is for us to not just know God's voice, because obviously I, we hear it. And if you're, if you're wondering if you don't hear God's voice, I guarantee it, he's speaking to you. And you just got to, you know, get quiet enough to actually hear it. Uh, but I think it's so critical. Uh, there's, you know what, I don't know exactly what it is, but something good's coming our way, guys. It really is. And it's, it's just, it's funny because the more you talk to different people, it's like they're saying the exact same stuff. Uh, whether it's just here for us as Life Church or it's the whole valley or for the nation, the world, I don't know. <laughs> I just think and know that it's just this, this, us hearing God's voice is like, man, we, we got to know it. We got to hear him. And it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be critical for our walk and for us being that light to, 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 to the world. Um. So, yeah. Where to go? I have a couple things. Uh, they sort of tie in together. Actually, they do tie in together. Uh, <laughs> I said, um, let's see where do I want you guys to go. it's Matthew, yes it is, Matthew 22, turn with me there, I have a couple things, and they might be a little bit different, but they, they work hand in hand, it's just a couple things on my heart that I think uh, are good, it's something that we all need to hear right now, so in, in, this, in this chapter, you guys all know the verse, many are called, but few are chosen, right? And I just want uh, to hit up a few things on, and, and that is, I just want to talk real quick about what is ministry. Um, here, there's, there's a lot of us in this room, obviously, <laughs> and many of us are called, but few are chosen. I always wonder why certain people in the Bible, like, you know, like, let's name a few, like David, Let's think of Noah, let's think of Moses, heck, Mary, Jesus' mother, you know, all these different people. Why were they chosen? Why does this verse say many are called, few are chosen? Why in ministry? You know, because I, I could ask everybody in here, how many of you guys think you're called to ministry? And you could raise your hands, like, let's do it. How many of you think you believe you're called to ministry? Right? A lot of us. Uh, over here in, in verse, let's see, in verse 3, ver 22, 3, when the banquet was ready, he sent servant, his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them, the feast has been prepared, the bulls, have, or, uh, and, the bulls and fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet, but the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way. One to his farm and another to his business. I think that why it's many are called but few are chosen is very simple. It's wrong, a wrong heart, wrong motive, and at the same time, what this is saying right here. We all have an invitation to do something. God's looking for people. You know, you look at David. David was not God's first choice. David was God's second choice. Saul screwed it up. David had to come in, okay? And David inherited that. Why? Because David was a man after God's own heart. David had the right heart. God is looking for people. And you can see in this thing, he invited, uh, the guests he had invited, God has this call. He's inviting you to it, ignored them, and went their own way, one to his farm and another to his business. It makes me think, it's just like, many of us have a call. We have something, depending on what it is, and a lot of us will go off to our farm, Bible's words, <laughs> or to our business. 
going our own way. And that is, at the very bottom, that is why many are called, but few are chosen. Few are chosen. Why was they, 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 they believe, I think David was like 17 years old or something when he was doing the, the uh, uh, taking care of all the, the sheep and all that stuff. It's just like, he's a young kid, and here he is going and killing this giant. It's like, why a 17-year-old kid? Because there was nobody else around. God had to choose a kid <laughs> to get something done. And he probably wasn't all strong and like huge, like obviously like Goliath was. He was some kid. Goliath was huge. He goes and there's all these soldiers who, could eat, who are actually warriors. <laughs> and you have this kid saying, you know, with a sling. <laughs> it's just like that's who God had to choose because David had the right heart to go and do it. Right? So it makes me think with, with ministry is, uh, is all, all of us in here, we all have something, and are we obeying God's voice? Are we listening to that call of what he's trying to do? And along those same lines, I think this is where we get messed up, is that there's a lot of us that have a messed up view of what, what our calls are or what ministry is. It's so messed up. This tonight, okay, we can call that ministry, okay? But that is this much in the realm of what ministry really is. <laughs> you can talk to people, it's like, I'm called to do great things. <laughs> I'm going to speak to thousands. Well, who said is it your own will or is it God's will? Because it's a thing that we need to check with our own hearts. Because I meet a lot of people that say, I'm, gonna call, I'm called to do great things for God. I'm an evangelist. Well, how many people did you go get saved at Walmart? Are you doing that? Are you talking with people? And usually the response that you get is no. People say, I want to, I'm called to do this, and they aren't doing the thing that they believe that they're called to do. Here's the thing. You look in the Bible, you cannot find any person in the Bible. How to, how to say this? You cannot find any person in the Bible uh, that basically chose you can call it their destiny or their call. They were all chosen. When Abraham was told that you're going you, uh, to have descendants far greater than the, the stars, and the, you can't even count them like with the sand, Abraham did not say to the angel, I knew it. I've been expecting you. I've expected this word. I knew I was called to do great things. <laughs> no, it was not that way. Abraham was just like, how is this possible? Look at my wife. She's old. You know, she's barren. Look at me. <laughs> you know, what does this mean? Right? Abraham did not expect that. None of these people expected it. Moses did not expect it. Moses, all these people in the Bible were just doing their normal thing in life. They had the right hearts, the right attitudes, and God knew that they, he could use them. Why was Mary, again, why was Mary chosen over all the other girls? Well, first, obviously, she had to be a virgin, but, the, <laughs> but uh, you know, why was she chosen? Why was Moses chosen, a dude with a speech impediment or stu stuttering? Why was he chosen over probably a bunch of other scholars and everything that could have been chosen? Moses did, Moses did not choose to do that. Obviously, he did, because he had to act, but he did not. It was not something that he just expected. Find someone in the Bible, you can tell me, but I guarantee it, everybody in the Bible did not expect the words that they were given from God of what they were going to do. Personally, because <laughs> I'm talking to, obviously, all of us in here. Personally, the stuff that I do right now, back when I was a teenager, I just wanted to play guitar. I like playing music. I knew I had a call in my life. I don't know what it was, 
but again, it's the right heart and the right motive of why you're doing what you're doing. And somehow, I'm doing what I am doing today, <laughs> okay? <laughs> somehow, I'm here, obviously. But I did not necessarily choose that. I did not go up to Pastor Mark and say, yo, man, I can shred the guitar, I can sing, man. <laughs> Maybe even speak in front of the church. It's going to be good, okay? I want to be a pastor. <laughs> it wasn't like that. It was more just going along. And what I'm trying to get to, you can even look at all the other pastors on, on, on the board. It's like it wasn't necessarily going up saying, I am this and I am good and all these great things about me. You should totally have me. It was no, it was where, where I'm, here's, here's where I'm getting. This is where I'm getting. <laughs> we are all called. And Moses was being Moses, David was being David, Abraham was being Abraham, Joe was being Joe. You need to be you, and whatever you believe that you're called to do, just go out and start doing stuff. Because you cannot, God cannot use you, for real, if you, if, if you have that wrong heart and that wrong attitude, and here's the thing, if you have that wrong heart, the wrong attitude of why you're doing it, if you're trying to do something to either gain a title or a position, it ain't going to happen. And, or if it does happen, it's not going to last. That's where the majority of people are. They want that title. They want that position. Well, why not just start at the very bottom and just show us that you really care? Look at this. Look, at this over, look over in Hebrews 6. Is it six? Might be seven. No, it's six. Check this out. In 6.10, for God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you've shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Listen, I don't care what you're called to do or what it is. We need to be caring for others. As long as life lasts of loving other believers. It doesn't matter, again, what your call is. You could think you're going to be a, the greatest evangelist, speak to 10,000 people, but if you aren't loving, if you aren't ministering to people on a one-on-one -on -one basis, you're never going to get there. We have to start where we are. We have to love on others. You cannot tell, you know, with, with, again, with, with ministry, people think of this ministry, of what this is. That is not it. Ministry is all of us going out, and it's loving on others, other believers and people who are lost. It's being that light. It's showing them God's true love. Amen? Uh, here, here, here's the thing. It has to be on the inside of you. Because if you think right now, and you've you got to have that long-term long -term commitment. Here's the thing. If you if it's like, okay, I want to do great things, so I'm just going to go start. It's not just starting. Obviously, you've got to start. But the thing is, you do it until you die, whether you go anywhere or not, like that verse is talking about. Meaning, you, you love on people, you minister to people, despite if you ever really get there. Because that's the thing that we're all called to do, to love on to love on each other but me saying it will never last like you saying I'm going to go out and start doing this doing this and do this how many of you guys have ever done something like that you started something and then you stop right all of us why because it's not true to you right so if you think something is true to you if you think you're called to do something you must obviously start but man you got to just do it and do it and do it a year Awesome. Five years, getting there. Ten years, still getting there. You know, 
Meaning just keep on going and keep on going. You don't stop because if it's true to you, then you won't stop. And that's where so many people fall into this category. They want to start something. I want to be a pastor, so I'm just going to start something, something. I'm just going to start this. And I'm going to think in three months or six months, I'm going to have what I want. No, you're not. Like, that mindset, again, is the wrong mindset. If you think you're going to be a pastor, or that's something that you want to do, you're going to go pastor those people, not because you're trying to get a pastor's title. You're going to pastor those people because that's a part of you. That means wherever you go, whatever you do, you're loving, you're caring on people, all these different things. It's true to you. And if it's not true to you, then you're not going to be doing it. So us saying that we want to do something and our actions are not lying, uh, lining up to it, we're just lying to ourselves. And that, again, is why many are called and few are chosen. Because many of us do not have the perseverance and, and uh, endure through those times. Because, you know, it's, it's like... Well, I just had that thought. I don't know if it is, but maybe speak out loud. But it's, it's like getting married. You know, it's like you, you're excited and everything. You want to do it. You know, it's like you just don't get married and then be like a year or two down the road. Just like, you know, totally stop doing the stuff that you're doing when you first fell in love. Right? right. It's the same concept. Like, whatever you did to get married, <laughs> you know, you got to keep that fire going. Keep it going. So whatever it is, like, if you, what you're trying to do in life if that's what you believe it is, keep on doing, keep on doing, keep on doing, keep on doing. Don't give up, no matter what comes our way. Amen? Um, I have a couple other things. One more thing, real quick, I want to say, but I can't remember. Let's see. Oh, yeah, actually. Remembered something. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing with our callings. Going back, going back to that real quick. Uh, is that we, uh, a lot of us think that we're called to just do amazing things. And I believe there are a lot of us that are called to do amazing things. But here's the thing. Don't get so caught up in thinking that your calling is so amazing that you're too good to do something. Because the, the, the issue nowadays, here's, here's a big issue. People want a title, like I was saying, people want that position. Okay, and it's, it's, it doesn't, that, that's where we get off. But here's the thing, we think we're so good that we will not minister to people or do something different uh, because we're too good for that. You know, speak to the nursing home. No, I'm called to speak to thousands. <laughs> you know, are you too good? <laughs> And the problem, the problem is, is that we get caught up in being told that we're doing great things and all this stuff. And I don't think we really comprehend what great things are. I talk to people all the time. I'm called to do great things. What is great things? Like, what is it? Because the thing that we get caught up in is we start comparing ourselves to other. I'm guilty of that. You know? I'm guilty of, like, listening to other artists and all that stuff. And, like, man, those guys are awesome. I've just, like, you know, I don't want to be... Chris Tomlin. I don't want to be Jeremy Riddle or these other guys. I want to be me. I don't want to do what they're doing. I want to do what I'm supposed to do. You don't want to do what someone else is already doing. You want to do what you're supposed to do. I think that's why God made us with all a different DNA. None of us are the same. So we look at other people of what we call great things. We look at Billy Graham. We look at all these we look at Pastor Mark. No. <laughs> we look at all these other people that are just doing these things and say, I want to be like that. Don't be like that. You don't want to be like that. You want to do what God told you to do. And the th like I said, the thing that we get caught up of saying great things, here's the thing. How do you know that a great thing isn't this? What if you had to move over to Africa, Bill? What if you had to move to Africa for the rest of your life to go get one person saved because that next person is going to get thousands saved inside of Africa. What is great things? You only got one saved person your whole life. God, how can this be? I moved here. I'm living in this tribe. Is Bill's calling, if that was his calling, I'm not speaking that over you, brother. 
<laughs> if, that, if that was his calling, who says that's not a great thing? Who says even one person is a great thing? We get so caught up in thinking that word, again, that it's just so great. What is great? What is it? I don't think any of us can actually even say it. Where it falls in is just us doing what we're supposed to be doing. It's us hearing God's voice and us going after those small things. God, you want me to go this way? Sure, I'll take one step. I'm not sure why. Oh, while I'm here, you want me to, okay, I was faithful, I was doing this. Oh, we're going to go over here, cool, okay. And all of a sudden, you're on this little journey through life, and you're like, awesome, man, look at me. I am actually speaking to thousands of people, and I have no idea how I got from there to there, but I'm here. Because in the beginning, I just loved people. I just maybe want to talk to a few people. Now you're doing it. And I keep saying thousands of people, again, that is not the uh, the the pinnacle, yes, of ministry. Like, what you see going on up here right now and all that stuff, that is not, again, that's not it. That is not the pinnacle. If you think that reaching a, a, a pastor position or something, that's the pinnacle, that's so false. So false. So, uh, man, I'll end here in a few minutes, but with, with ministry, on a personal, on a personal base level, here's the thing. If you ask me, Joe, I've been, I've been here working here. For, I've been here working, you know, uh, as an employee of the church for six years. Okay, I've been here for 15. But if you could ask me, say, Joe, out of all the times that you've been doing what you're doing with the church, what is some of the most, you know? Uh, memorable things that you can, or the, the things that really made an impact. What were they? And for me, you know, it's not, it's not doing my, my task, you know, here, because what you see is just like barely anything of what goes on in actual ministry. It's not saying like, yeah, man, that worship set back in, you know, last Easter was so epic, or, or something, whatever. It's none of that. You know, remember that time when that we were just singing that song? It was so awesome. <laughs> it's none of that. You want to know what it is? It's being able to look back and being like, man, in ministry, when that person came into my office, when they needed help, and I was able to reach out my hand and help them and love on them and care for them and pray for them and check on them and see where they're at right now, that now they're serving, they're doing great in life, and all these different things, that's what I remember. And that's why it's so, I, I, I think of it as like the, the footprint of life. Like, you know, it's so important that we love on people and minister on people because, again, the full-time ministry side, it's, it's not for all of us. I'm blessed to be here. Like, blessed. But it's not for all of us. And for us to think that we cannot minister because we don't have that title or position, that does not mean, that, that's just a lie. If you're in a workplace, you can minister. Because I'm telling you, like I was just saying, the people that I've helped lift and raise up, those are the people, those are the things that I remember. And those are the things that are most impactful in life. To where when I get older, I can look back and say, look at those people. Praise God. I'm so glad that person ended up in my office. And to think that we cannot do that, you know, we think it's just inside these four walls, it's a lie. You can do that when you're at work. You can do that at the gym. You can do that at the park. You can do that anywhere. So I call it the footprint. Just like it, I guess I'll leave you with this. Who are you impacting? Who is it? And if you think no one, it is somebody. We all have influence with someone. And if you, you're like, I can't think of anybody, well, go find someone. <laughs> Because that next person of getting them saved or, or, or lifting up, I mean, you can't put time on those people of like, that was not worth my hour. You cannot put a price tag on that. You know, how much money would you, would it be worth for that person that, you know, maybe, maybe they, they, you got them saved and now they're in church. Now their marriage is flourishing. Now their, their kids are flourishing. They love God. They're all serving and all these great things. Put a price tag on that. You can't. And that's what ministry is. Amen? Amen.
Well, I'm going to end there because I'm already late. So, uh, yeah. Hey, guys, just don't, don't compare. Don't compare. Be you. Be you. We're all called to be different. And you all have something. And it might be something that the world might see as small. But in God's eyes, it doesn't matter if it's small in the world's eyes. It's a matter of, did God tell you to do that? And if he did tell you to do that, it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what the world says. That's what I'm called to do. If you're called to be in the cleaning ministry your whole entire life, cleaning toilets or whatever, then praise God. Because we're all going to give an account for what God entrusted us when we die. It's the well done concept. We're all, it's like, were you faithful with what I gave you? And it doesn't matter what it is. It's the faithful part. I'll close with this. But imagine if that you're called, God tells you to do cleaning ministry and you go and you do something else. It does not matter how well you succeeded in that because you didn't do that. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.